Hello and welcome back to the We Need Therapy podcast. On today's episode, we recap our sound healing experience on the weekend at Kings Park. I talk us through another tantalising date that I had. Ooh, spicy. And we have a special guest joining us who talks about his experiences with sexuality, culture and religion. As always, thank you for listening and please tell your friends and get them to listen along too. Yeah, or get your mum or dad to listen too. Or just play it. Just please play it. All right, we're live. We are. One, Uh, two, one, two. Can I just get you to talk into the microphone? Hello. Maybe come a little bit closer. You can bring the mic forward. You don't have to. Hi. Let's bring that accent. Is that better? That is better. Whisper in my ear. Yeah. Or kinky. And yeah, so there's three people today, Rowan. We've got Mahen with us. Yes. Hello. And uh, we're going to be exploring some sexy topics. So I hope you've got some pants on, big boy. (laughs) (laughs) You can leave that in there for the listeners as well. It's all two of them. We're really excited to hear that. Take it away. All righty. I am so excited this week. I know I can see it in your trousers. Well, I was going to say, I've finally brought a gay man with credibility onto this show. (laughs) Ouch. We have a guest. We do have a very special guest. His name is Jordan. Mahen. Hello, everyone. Lovely to be here. Are you excited? So excited. But it's not showing in my pants, unlike Josh. I know. Well, that's because yours is really small. (laughs) Just like Josh's then, actually. (laughs) Twins. (laughs) So, Mahen, what is your thoughts on our studio, our recording space? We're very proud of it. I am very impressed. Honestly, it looks a bit like a BDSM room, so... It actually turns into an OnlyFans studio afterwards, so... Perfect. How can I subscribe? Just let me know and I shall be... You don't need to subscribe. You're right here, baby. (laughs) You're actually going to be our guest star for that as well. Oh, do I get some royalties? Absolutely. Well, we don't make any money. Sorry, yet. you're the one paying us. <laughs> this doesn't sound like a good deal, but sure. <laughs> any future guests, just keep that in mind. When you sign that contract, it's for everything. So. Yeah. We don't make enough money to just do podcasting on its own. We have to run an OnlyFans page. Well, we don't make any money. Do you know we failed to get a single sponsor for this tin pot studio, whatever we have here. And Coles, nor Woolworths. Aldi, no one wanted to sponsor us after that sponsorship. No one, yeah. I mean, to be fair, the interest rates have risen. Inflation has affected everyone, including Mm. small and large businesses. But I know know they're coming. I I mean, Lifeline gave me a call, but that was just to check on my health after his racism episode (laughs) because it was was so dark in there, so. Well, you might have to put them on speed dial because who knows how this episode's going to go today. I know. I am so excited to see where this leads us. Do you feel like you're going to do comedy? Are we going to do tragedy somewhere in the middle? I like to describe my life as a tragic comedy. Mm-hmm. So let's go with tragedy and comedy. A at two the same time. pronged approach. I love that. Fantastic. Two, two things at once is my favorite thing. <laughs> in what directions? Oh, are we? in every direction. Fantastic. Just what? a bit of smart and innuendo there to get us started. I was going to say, I feel so straight right now. <laughs> that probably is the first time for you because I've seen you eat a packet of Skittles and it's not a straight thing. Well, speaking of straight things, I dragged you to a straight thing over the weekend. I don't even know if that was straight. All right, I was trying to make a smooth segue. <laughs> we ha- you've never managed it yet in the bloody eight weeks we've been doing podcasting, so don't need to start now. So, Mahan, I dragged Jordan to a sound healing last Friday. Ah, how was it? It was a mixed bag, a mixed orchestral bag, I'll put it that way. Give us your synopsis of, say, the first 10 minutes. Well... 
ethereal is how I would describe it. There um, was a lady who came out. She said she'd been doing it she for- She came a, out, did she? Well, she could have with her haircut. <laughs> she said she'd been doing it for a decade. And I thought, okay, well, I'm in good hands. This is a professional. Mm-hmm. And then she said she discovered it at age 13. So she's only 23. Sorry, was she white? Because white people love discovering things. They, she absolutely was, and so was her partner. So oh, there was of course no. They discovered it exactly. Mm. Uh, there, there was no balance within that um, sphere. It wasn't even a room. It was outdoors. It was in Kings Park. It was a very beautiful setup. We had to pay forty five dollars to go to Kings Park. That's a free state run park, by the way. Sounds like got a bit ripped off, to be honest. Well, that was even before she started getting the balls out. <laughs> Well, it could have been any. I don't know what she was smoking. If she got the balls out, Jordan definitely would have stayed, but he uh That sounds like she's going back to the OnlyFans <laughs> joke that we did. <laughs> <laughs> Filming on location in Kings Park, OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. Those mosquitoes, they'd have a field day. So I mean, I enjoyed it. I've never gone to a sound healing before and I feel like I responded really well to it. Mm-hmm. So much so I completely zenned out, was in my own head and at the end when they brought us back to reality, I wake up, turn to my left, cobwebs. Yeah, literally, I was gone. Jordan had done a runner. <laughs> I only stayed for about 10 to 15 minutes. He left through halfway through the ceremony. Why? Packed up shop. I had a good reason to. Okay, please enlighten us. So I thought incorrectly, it was yoga and sound healing, so I dressed in like sports wear, singlet yeah. shorts, they said mentioned to bring a rug, so I did, but it was nowhere near thick enough to shoo off all the mosquitoes. Basically, half my body was exposed when we were lying down for an hour. I got mosquitoes attacking me all over my face, my nose, my ears. You know that little horrible, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was that for 20 minutes, and then I just left. Sounds I, horrific. It was, actually. I mean, but then again, you're used to having your body exposed, aren't you? Well, I, you must be talking about my Instagram. Obviously, another follower here. I can't get rid of them. <laughs> yeah, but usually not in that way. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, so I don't know. Sound healing, I wouldn't do it again. Definitely not for $45. What about you, Josh? Oh, I'm definitely keen to do it again. I, I felt my body do things that you just couldn't really explain. Well, you were farting a lot, so <laughs> that makes sense. At a big dinner. No, I... Um, I mean, I am on this journey of doing a lot of meditation and trying to find myself and, you know, basically bring down my stress levels. And I felt really good after that sound healing, came mm. out of it. And the whole weekend, I've just been on a cloud. So very excited to do it again. Man, have you had any experiences with sound healing before? Yes, I have. I've done sound healing a few times. The last experience I had, I actually felt like I moved out of my body. Oh, it was really intense. We're talking about sound healing, right? Or was that someone else <laughs> moving out of your body? <laughs> um, it was definitely sound healing. I could see myself, like, out of body experience. It was absolutely amazing, but oh my gosh. Have you done Ayahuasca before? No. Are you aware of that? What I is am. That? I would love to. It's like a Native American spiritual thing. So you take some sort of, like, Tea. It's like a herb or it, it's, it's, like, it's a cactus, isn't it? Yeah. And it's essentially like a it has some thing. psychedelic qualities where you boil down the cactus, you get this chemical. I, I'm not pronouncing it right. I think it's, it's ayahuasca. I just basically say it like the words ayahuasca, but 
It's uh, some South American. It sounds plant. like um, Black Panther. They do that on Black Panther. You drink the the chemical. And I think it's North American, not South American. South oh. American is like Spanish people, right? Yeah. But Hispanic people. Yeah, yeah, like Hispanic people. Wow, we're really politically correct right now. I love this one. <laughs> well, we've lost our South American population because of this. So I don't sorry, think we ever had one to begin with. <laughs> so Mahan, so you've done sound healing before. Was yeah. that the first time, or has there been other kind of yoga experiences? Oh no, no, experiences? I have done other experiences. So I'm really big into like meditation and things like that. Okay. So I did this cacao ceremony once. So we had like sound healing bowls. Are you familiar with what those are? Well, I saw them for forty five dollars a pop last week. Yeah, you saw them for about forty five seconds before you left, but True. I am familiar. Okay, it sounds like it got ripped off a little bit. So I'm like, oh, that's on you. But I find it really relaxing. But the thought of paying someone so I can fall asleep is a bit of a ripoff. Mm. Because I think I fall asleep. I do not know where I go or what I do, but I wake up like one hour later. I'm like, wow, I'm tired again. That seems very dangerous. <laughs> it's Well, it's a bit like getting a massage or a float tank, right? In this world, we're so used to just go, 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 that the minute we give our body permission to relax, we just zonk it. Yeah, I know, but it still seems like a rip-off trying to pay someone so you can relax. I mean, as someone who's never relaxed ever in their whole life, I'm totally happy to pay money. But even when I do, I feel like I can't do it. Mm. And I felt like I was open to the idea of being in that meditative state. I mean, I even spoke about a book that I was reading about meditation, which Mm. is half the reason I did it. But I just feel like I I can't relax. Have you guys ever had those experiences? There's one thing that my yoga yoga teacher used to tell me was like, get those thoughts and take a big sword and cut it in between. Okay. Get rid of all those negative thoughts. Use that. Okay. And those will help you. There Is there you somewhere go. I can purchase this sword? Get I'm really that into big like sword out, daddy. <laughs> it's a metaphorical terrible. sword, please. Metaphorical, for the love of God. Of course. I think everybody understood except for this child <laughs> in the studio that I'm co-hosting with. What a shame for you, Jordan. I think you should be very proud that you went in the first place. I was very surprised that you rocked up. And I think that's a very big step for you. I was surprised I rocked up as well because I felt like I was quite sceptical. But do you know what made me kind of zone out from the whole thing is that the facilitator, when she started, she did, what, 10 minutes on she, planetary yeah. alignment, moons rising and falling, all of that kind of stuff. And how did you feel about that? I told Josh later that I was a little bit pissed off that it wasn't in the like it wasn't disclosed as being like... Um, I guess maybe it's mixed up in the spiritual theme of it all, but I, as someone that doesn't subscribe to any of that, I felt a bit peed off about the whole thing. Yeah, it was quite funny. He's He gets a very visceral reaction the minute you mention anything about moons or astrology. Yeah, that's true. Even right now he's seizing up at the, the thought of that we're talking about it. Not really. That's all the sexual energy. <laughs> or is it because Virgo's rising? <laughs> Virgo, really? Virgo, Virgo, Virgin. Wow, well done, Josh. <laughs> so it's interesting that I've got two gays in the room right now. Hey. <laughs> For anyone listening, that's the universal sound of a gay person. <laughs> Either that or just butt cheeks clapping. <laughs> well, Jordan, you'd be proud of me this week. On the weekend, I actually went on a date. Did you really? Real live date. Alive? At the end, was she alive (laughs) or were they alive? I don't, I'm not going to assume their gender. No, but I did say she, so. Oh, well, fair Mm. enough. Or it could be a gay guy. You know, we use she, her pronouns as well, don't Mm -hmm. we? We do, we do. Oh, God, all right. I already regret bringing this up. 
So tell me about your date. So it was just a coffee date. We went to this nice little cafe in Leaderville and we were talking for a bit, but I must That's say... That's usually how a date goes. Oh, you wouldn't know. You haven't been on a date in years. <laughs> Sorry, that was me talking to my other personality. <laughs> I must admit the the chat online beforehand was a lot better than the chat in person. Really? No emojis in person then? Mm, and I don't know. I felt like I was driving the conversation for the first half and she was a sweet, pleasant girl. Very pretty, very interesting history. Wait a minute, sweet, pleasant girl. You sound like my grandmother <laughs> describing someone she's going to pitch to me. <laughs> sweet, pleasant girl does We're, not exactly scream future wife. Sorry, when was the last time your grandmother pitched a girl to you? It's actually only days ago. She's very homophobic. <laughs> but what other adjectives could you use to describe her? Adorable. Oh, God. Oh, she must be really ugly. Oh, my gosh. Adorable? <laughs> I feel sorry for that poor girl. What century is she from? (laughs) 19th century. Oh my God, I very much feel ganged up here. Anyway, it went fine, but it wasn't amazing. And for me, I'm interested to get your thoughts as gay men. When you're on a date with someone and you feel like the vibe isn't there, what do you do? Because for me, I'm like, you know, I'm just going to keep trying, 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 see if there's anything there because we all have bad days. Right? I've never had a bad day in my life, no. You've never had a good one either. <laughs> but that's not the point. But Hen, what what what, do you, what would you do in that situation? Okay, so there's two scenarios here. Will I hook up with them or will I ghost them? Mm. Sounds so, like she might have actually been the ghost if you listen to the way <laughs> he's describing her. Yeah, I don't know which century she's from, but geez, Josh. But to be honest, I really am like, mm, I go out on dates meeting new friends and if I get along with them, great. If I don't, that's all right too. Wait, so you go into a date with someone, assuming you're going to be friends with them, and then... Yeah, because there's less expectations. Right. And then if anything happens on top of that, it's, it's a like bonus. a bonus. Exactly. Right. Interesting. Is that similar to you, Jordan? Well, as you kind of hit the nail on the head. I haven't really dated for many years, but it's not to say I don't have experience. So I'm going to imagine that I'm in your shoes. And I feel like if I didn't think there was potential there, I would stop trying immediately, make an excuse and leave. Really? Yeah. Have you ever left in the middle of a date before? I have. I've definitely ended it prematurely. Yes. Ah. How, how um, do you end a date prematurely? You can get a friend to text you, pretend it's an emergency. Or if you're feeling a bit unsure about the date to begin with, you might uh, preface it by saying, oh, I might need to help my mom or my oh, dad. I've done this so many times. It falls like, oh, I think I may need to go a little bit early. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I've got to help my family out. Exactly. It makes you look like a better person. Yeah. Keyword, look. Exactly. <laughs> but I'm curious. So how did the date end up? So obviously you felt at some point like you're carrying the conversation, but you persevered. And how long was that for? I'd say the date went for probably about 90 minutes, which is very quick for me. But that's a long time to just have coffee. Yeah, I don't know, but I find the dates that I go on, because I'm such an exciting person, they usually go for maybe two, three hours. Okay. I reckon 90 minutes was very quick. And how much of that is post-coitus crying? Well, I last <laughs> about three seconds. So. Yes, the majority. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just I found it interesting and, like, do I continue to pursue it or do I just... Cut my losses and run. Cut your losses and run. There's plenty of people out there. Well, you say that, but that's my first date in about 20 years. He's gotten through a lot of those people, so we're kind of at the bottom of the barrel here, man. So (sighs) I feel for you, Josh. I guess it depends. Obviously, she might be showing you different signs or depends how strong the feeling inside you of just like cutting your losses and running or 
giving it a stab. I feel like you're the kind of guy that would hang in there a lot longer than I would. Yeah, I think that's a fair statement, yeah. unashamedly. And also depends, like, when's the last time you had sex? And if you're looking for that, you might hang out a bit longer. Is that what straight people think about? Because gay people would just say, like, do you want sex? And it's like, yes, cool, let's make it happen. We don't need to Wait, go do to you, dates. Do you do that, like, what, on a date? No, mm. no. When you're organising the date, you'll suss out if it's a hookup or if it's yeah, because they're very different things. Hundred mm. percent. Interesting. I'm, I'm not sure if straight people do the hookup culture like gay people do because we're very good at that. Yeah, everyone's very honest with what they're looking for. Often yeah. you just write it on your profile. To or say, you have the two eyes that are just looking. Yeah, that's another way of doing it in an emoticon way. Is that what way. that means? Mm-hmm. Looks like a lot of people have wanted to hook up with me before then. Well, what the fuck were you doing on Grindr? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that is a, a very big difference between straight world and gay world is if I were to ever say to a girl, oh, do you want to hook up? I'd probably get blocked straight away on a dating app. No, it just, it's completely natural in the gay world to be like, oh, are you looking? Cool. Mm-hmm. What are you into? Mm-hmm. What time should we meet up? Can you host and things like that? Can you host? Oh my god! Oh yeah, hundred percent. If it's like public or it's someone's house, public. Oh, that's a whole other topic. Oh my gosh, we should do a topic on maybe maybe we should bring back the dating apps topic. This is very different in the gay world. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. The a lot of people are just looking for that here and now. So. Yeah, if you can't host or they can't host, then some people will consider doing it like in a public setting. Interesting. In oh, a, wow, okay. Where, where's the... Wow. That's... Yeah, look, it goes from public parks to King's Park is quite... Oh, don't say tourist. King's Park. I just did a sound healing there. <laughs> I know, I thought so. <laughs> but honestly, King's Park is such a notorious hookup spot. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree if you're 15 years old and... Oh, okay. So from the straight person's point of view, it's that kind of like lookout, makeout spot. Yeah. South Perth, Foreshore is another one. Okay. Yeah. Zigzag lookout in Kalamunda. Oh, I've heard about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess I guess there are some similarities between gay culture and straight culture, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. Like you'd go there at the end of a date, maybe if you were having a good time and you didn't want to go back to hers or yours, then that makes sense. I mean, I, I think as adults, that's not very common. No, nowadays, I can't so. imagine it would be because yeah. everyone's either renting or owning their own place. So. Mm. It just happens if they're married, you know how it goes? No, I don't know how it goes. I don't know either. You have to enlighten me. <laughs> well, there's a certain part of the gay population that enjoys hooking up with married people. I am not one of them at all. But you're going to be the spokesperson from them. So we're going to ask you questions now. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Have you had any accountants? Sorry. Accountants. Sorry. <laughs> have, well, have you had any accountants? <laughs> I can't even say the word. Have you had any encounters with married people? Yes. Yes, I have. And how did that go for you? Quite pleasant, but the guilt was overwhelming. Sorry, can I just um, clarify? When you say married people, married gay people or married straight? Married to women. Oh. Oh. Mm, I know. Well, this is shocking now. I know, it's spicy. Yeah, okay. Um, was it just like a one-time thing? Oh, most of my things are one-time things because commitment. Bleh. Right, okay. Or because they're not attracted to your personality? Yeah, it's my personality. That's what we're going with. <laughs> So are you, are you big on the hookup apps? Do you use them a lot? I used to be. I used to be. But right now I'm just looking and taking it quite slowly and just seeing where things happen and, you know, whatever happens, happens. So I, I guess we should set the scene here. So, Mahane, I know you through a friend of a friend, mm-hmm. but you actually had an encounter with Jordan a few years ago. Sorry, I probably that sounds very sus. Was it in Kings Park? I can't remember. <laughs> you know I'm a married woman now. 
Uh, no, this would have been around three years back. It was my birthday. Grace said, oh, I've got a party to go to. I'll see you later, maybe. Obviously, I knew she wasn't going to come back. But she called me around like 12.30 saying, man, oh my God, you got to come to this party. There's a gay guy here. You're gay. He's gay. It'll be perfect. Oh my God, you sound just like her. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I met the lovely Jordan. We did. We met at a party. It was actually a party that Josh was hosting. And and what was your situation at the time? So I wasn't out. Um, at that point, I was still going on dates, but I didn't know what that meant, what relationships should be and shouldn't be. I was very confused. I was seeing a boy at that time, but I didn't know what that meant for me. Right. So when you say you were going out on dates, you were talking about going on dates with guys or were you going on dates with both guys and girls? Oh, just men. Honestly, I'm so gay. Definitely not girls. Right. And have you ever dated girls before? Well, once. Oh my gosh, it was traumatic. Uh, she was a lovely person, but I just couldn't wait to get out of there. Ironically, I've kissed a lot of girls this past year. I've kissed more girls than guys. That's not uncommon for gay guys, though. Is it in, like, a friendly way or more of a romantic way? Oh, definitely a friendly way. Oh, more of a drunk way, to be honest. Um, Josh has had some experience with that. I have I have hooked up with a lot of his friends yeah, who are girls. True, um, but it's true. Gay people do often kiss, you know, girls or members of the opposite sex. And it's, would you say it's meaningful? Oh, definitely not. It's just a bit of a kiss just here and there. You know, my mouth feels a little bit lonely. Exactly. It's, it's usually driven by the female though, isn't it? Like the they, novelty. They want you to kiss them. Yeah. And I feel like they have this idea in, inside their head of like comparing a straight male to a gay male kissing, right? Mm. They often talk like, they often say something like, your mouth is so soft or you kiss much better than, you know, a straight guy or whatever. I'm like, babe, thank you. I know. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, there you go. You should try that technique, Josh, actually. Maybe I should next time I'm out with you guys at you got Connections nothing to lose. or the Court or something. Or Kings Park. Or Kings Park. <laughs> <laughs> next sound healing. <laughs> Blow those bowls, baby. <laughs> so, Mahan, how old are you? 28. 28. And you came out how long ago? Three years ago. So, 26 years old. And can you tell us a bit about that? Not, uh, I want to say journey. I don't know if that's the right word. Yeah, I think that's a pretty fair word. So I come from a South Indian background. I'm Tamil ethnically. And in my culture, I never saw anyone that was queer or gay. And for so long, I didn't know whether I could actually be gay and still be part of my culture. But I was like, you know what? I'm 26 years old. I've got to do something with my life. If my family's going to disown me, so be it. But I've got to live my truth. And so that's what I did at 26. Wow. That's an incredible uh, process to go through. Would you say you're very close to your family? Oh, extremely. I think many Indian people are very interconnected with their family. It's part of our culture, part of our upbringing, and we have a huge sense of responsibility towards them. Right. Have you always lived here in Australia? No. So I was born in Singapore. So I moved here with my family when I was eight years old. And yes, I did say I was Indian. Guys colonization is a thing <laughs> okay <laughs> my family wasn't in there but then you white people brought my family to Singapore and that's how my family ended up in Singapore my immediate family knows I'm gay but my extended family I don't think they know I think they can guess through my social media but it's not a thing that we talk about sexuality is still a bit of a taboo topic 
And how was that that process of you coming out to your your family? Oh my gosh, it was traumatic. Oh, I felt like my life was going to be over. I made my brother come over. I packed my clothes. I thought I was going to be kicked out of home. All of that. And you know what happened? My parents knew. Oh, it was so anticlimactic. I was like, wow. I was waiting for something like big to happen, but they knew. They said they loved me and things like that, and they're still okay with me. But it's still not like a hundred percent. It's a lot to deal with for them, because coming from a conservative culture, they've done so so well, but it's still very hard.、Mm-hmm. And you mentioned your immediate family, no、mm. extended family. So some of my extended family knows. And look, I've got like the pride flag on my Instagram, so it's not. That like hidden that I'm queer, and I post a lot of queer articles and topics on my social media. But it's something that we don't talk about sexuality in general in Indian culture and Asian culture. It's not discussed. It's what's more private is private, and we don't discuss it. While I'm in the mindset that the more we talk about it, the better it is that we can help people and the struggles that they're experiencing right now. If you Were to initiate that conversation with your extended family,、mm. how do you think they would react? <laughs> okay, are we talking about like my cousins or my uncles and aunties? Like, uncles and aunties. Oh gosh, I have no idea. I think I'll just like kill them with awkwardness. They'll be like, oh, <laughs> oh, ah,、uh, oh, I'm just gonna go over there and talk to your father. Right. So there's a. Would you say within the culture there's this not aversion, but they don't. Um, attend to things that that make them feel uncomfortable. They just kind of ignore them or push them aside or just pretend not to hear them. Oh yeah, my whole childhood was just like, oh, feelings. No, let's not talk about it. Let's push it under the rug. Right. Okay. I can see how that would have, as you were deciding on whether or not to come out or when or where to come out,、mm. that would have caused you like a lot of anxiety. You、oh. had thoughts rushing through your head about, as you said, whether or not you still have a place in the home. Hundred percent, because. At 26 years old, it's kind of old to come out, but it's like I need to do this now. I have to live my life eventually, right? So I was like, I'm going to come out and tell my parents, and they were completely fine with it. And I'm so lucky because I've heard so many horror stories. But a part of me wishes that I could have that white experience. When I say white experience, you know how people are like, "Oh, it's fine, darling. We knew you're gay." Blah blah blah. You're still perfectly loved. It's been three years, and I'm still walking around eggshells, right? And that's really difficult for me at times to deal with. Would you say that you're forthcoming with the topic of your sexuality? Are you kind of bringing it up at the dinner table, or are you kind of taking lead from your family to、I'm, avoid talking about it? I'm taking lead from my family. I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable. I'm trying to really play the lead and see where it goes.、Mm-hmm. Because it's really tough where I'm coming from. Because I'm the first one in my whole family that has come out. No one in my immediate family has ever come out. So I'm like, oh shit, here I am. What do I do? And I, I guess you've never had the role models or a rule book to follow for people in your position. No, there's no one that's gay and Tamil, and I have to sort of make my own rules. And part of my early coming out journey. Was basically doing whatever I wanted, going on grinder every single day, finding what really worked for me. And now I am like, what does it mean for me to be gay, Tamil, 
living in Australia and fitting in all those identities. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of identities there. Mm. This is a clumsy way of putting it, but if we were to portion you you out, how important is being Tamil or how important is being gay to you? Or do you, do you find them all equal? To be honest, I find them pretty equal in my experience because a part of me when I was younger thought I couldn't be gay because I'll have to give up a part of my cultural identity. But now I know I can still be gay, still can be part of my culture, still can be Hindu and practice everything that I need to and be a good person, Mm -hmm. I don't have to give up any part of myself just because of my sexual identity. Can you expand on that cultural side and that belief that you were saying around them being mutually exclusive? Well, we could say that when I grew up, being Hindu and Indian was very heteronormative. I didn't see anyone that was queer. And also there's this whole expectation of Indians that you need to get married and it's a parental responsibility to get your kids married and people are basically hounded before the age of 30. Why aren't you married? Why aren't you married? Let's find you grooms and let's find you find your bride. And I started to get that in my mid-20s and I was like, oh shit, <laughs> I don't want this. But how do I balance it? And it's only in the last year, I would say, where I said, I kind of find a good balance where I'm happy with my sexuality and I'm happy with my culture. And I can be a good person all around without giving anything up. And what does culture look like to you now? That's a bit of a mixed bag of a question. Culture can look in different ways for me. So I've started to learn my first language again, which is Tamil. So I've started taking Tamil lessons again to be more culturally intact. I am getting involved with my religion even more. I'm trying to cook more Indian food, but that hasn't really started quite yet. But it's just trying to find everything that is culturally significant to me that makes me feel connected to my past, present, and that doesn't make me feel like an outcast. You mentioned as well that your religion is Hindu. Yeah. I I don't know a lot about that religion, but are you able to... Um, explain where homosexuality fits within that? Yeah, of course. So I'm not an expert on Hinduism, but Hinduism doesn't prescribe sexuality as strict as Abrahamic faiths. Hinduism recognises a third gender. So in modern society, that would be transgender. And it's been very open and sexuality is very open and you can be whoever you want. However, the impact of colonization and history has made people very conservative. And unfortunately, the conservatism has impacted me. I would like to say, though, things are changing, people are changing, and that the more I discuss it, the more I can proudly come out and say that I'm gay and I'm Hindu, I feel like more people are saying like, oh, okay, that makes sense, and that's okay to be both. And what does a practicing Hindu do? I mean, do you practice in a temple? Obviously, in Catholicism and Christianity, it's a Mm. church. So there is the temple. There are a couple of Hindu temples in Perth. But for me, it's more about my actions and who I am as a person and my thoughts and my deeds. And I try to be a good person and not harm others and strongly believe that my actions have repercussions. And that's more of what Hinduism is to me. That is about being a good person. And I think that's what all religions are about just being a good person and not being an idiot. 
It's a very beautiful way to see the world. Can I take you back to something earlier that you said that really resonated with me? Mm. Listeners would know the struggles that I have been through with my race. With your identity or your your coming out journey around being gay and having, you know, Western world or society tell you, you know, you can't be gay and you can't be religious at the same time. Mm. Did you ever resent one over the other? 100%. So early on in my coming out journey, I resented brown culture because it didn't allow me space to be who I wanted to be. And I felt an immense sense of guilt. And later on, I resented white culture because it told me that I can't be religious, that I can't be doing these things, that I have to be hooking up with people every single day. And oh my gosh, Jordan, you know, that's exhausting. You can't be hooking up with one to two people every single day. And I just had to find my own way and come to terms with it and say that this is okay and this is what I'm comfortable with. That's pretty crazy. You'd almost resent, well, you'd have to resent both sides to try and accept both sides. Yeah, I guess it's the journey of learning how to accept both sides, to be honest. What changed? How did you get to that point? I guess it became to the point of exhaustion. It was... What am I doing with my life? What is the purpose of me hooking up with people? What is the purpose of me not hooking up with people? Do I want something? What is really meaningful to me? And I really had to go back to my values and what I sought in life. And where do you land now on that hookup culture within gay culture? Because it's a very prevalent part of the culture. Mm. I think it's what you were saying to go through that journey of engaging with that notion and then maybe rejecting it as you moved forwards. But then there's also periods of time where people will pick it up, be on Grindr, be on the apps and then push it away again when they found a relationship. Have you seen that played out? Yeah, 100%. Right now I don't reject it. I understand that it's got a purpose to play, but I'm not actively seeking in it anymore. I'm just letting things happen naturally, talking to people and whatever happens, happens. But the most important lesson is being kind to myself and not judging myself for anything that I do or don't do. Yeah, the the thought of having two different identities that mean so much to you conflict and that battle really just, yeah, I, I can't even begin to imagine what it would be like. Mm. Can I ask, has that impacted your mental health? 100%. So I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder in my early 20s. And that was a bit of a journey for me to get through and figure out what things were. And if I'm completely candid, I didn't expect to live past the age of 25. So once I reached 25 and I was like, oh shit, I'm alive now. How do I navigate everything? Hence why I came out so late in my life because I thought I'm not going to be here anymore. And your journey with that bipolar diagnosis, can I ask how that came to fruition? So I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety when I was probably 14 or 15 years old. I kept the serious issues of my illness in secret because I felt a huge shame about it. And I was like, you know, I can't talk about this, that this isn't normal as such. And I just kept going to, you know, a psychologist session and being on quite mild antidepressants. But it all sort of came to an end at one night where I told my dad, that you've got to bring me to emergency department or otherwise I'm going to kill myself. And that was probably one of the most confronting conversations that I've ever had to have. 
to tell your father that this is going to happen. And thankfully, I got the help that I needed. And I'm so, so bloody thankful for that, for my psychologist, for my psychiatrist, my hospital admissions. And they've been so wonderful. But that was such a game changer on how I live my life till this day. Can I ask how old you were when you went through that hospitalization? Um, hospitalization would have been my early 20s, so around 21, 22. And do you think the experiences you had growing up with the identity and the conflicting relationship it had impacted you to develop those symptoms of bipolar? I wouldn't necessarily say that it's impacted me to develop the symptoms, but it definitely played a part in how I thought about myself, myself meaning my self-worth. I didn't love myself for a very long time. I thought very negatively about myself and I really believed that I was this terrible, mean, ugly person for so long in my life. And it's only until very recently when I said, you know what, you're actually fabulous and you've got so much to give. It was very hard. It was really, really hard. But I'm glad I'm here now. It's amazing and, and so inspirational to see you go through all that and come out the other end and mm-hmm. you know want to be a positive role model and spokesperson. Yeah, you're right, Josh. Ideally, I would love not to think too highly of myself, but I do not know of any other gay Tamil person out there. I want to be the person that says you can be everything that you want to be. You can be gay. You can be Tamil. You can be mentally ill. You can be a student. You can have any sort of struggle in life without giving up any aspect of your identity. Your identity is something that you're born with and no one can take it away from you. As much as people might try to say that you're not doing this because you can't do that. Uh Uh-uh. That's not true. You are born with it and no one can take that away from you. Ma'am, it does sound and appear that you live at the intersection of many different parts of community Mm. and culture. Yeah. Are there times when you feel the pressure to represent, to fly all of those flags at once? I mean, it must be a busy time in a pride parade for you. You don't know what you're doing. You're jumping between floats, you're doing your own thing. I guess I'm just doing my own thing right now. I find it really difficult to fit into the gay community right now because I do not look like the stereotypical gay and I do not have the same experiences with them. So that's the only part of the community that I'm really sort of adjusting to. But all of the aspects, I'm pretty much living myself, like my sexuality and being Hindu and being a gay brown person that's living in Australia. I'm curious about your experience with bipolar. Yeah. Do you take medication for that? How are ways in which you can manage your bipolar? So I was on medication for quite a bit, uh, for around five years. Unfortunately, the medication made me very soulless and I couldn't really react to any strong emotions. And recently, in the start of this year, I had a bit of a relapse. So I've gone back on medication, but it's different medications. And it's very interesting to be on medications again to find out what it means to me and am I still myself by taking medications? How much does psychiatric medications affect me? But right now, I still think I'm myself and not too, like, robotic, I guess. That's a very interesting point there. Just to clarify to our audience, your experience of bipolar, is it type 1 or type 2? Type 1. And can you tell us what that means? Okay, so my understanding of it is some psychotic episodes and also periods of long depression. 
which I've experienced both. Uh, but recently, I would say it's long periods of depression. I haven't experienced any sort of psychosis in a long time. My understanding of bipolar comes from kind of what we see in TV and film. Yeah. Famously, I'm trying to think of the series where Claire Dane won the Academy Awards for her portrayal um, of the CIA agent. But mm. I mean, I guess I'm reaching that. That's my only understanding. But she, in the in the show, she had periods of mania where she was really intensely hyper focused. Yeah, and then she had periods of depression. Mm. Is that? Does that portrayal true for your experience? Not for my experience as such, because it's not as intense as it always seems out to be. Granted, some people might have different experiences, but for me, it was... I still lived my everyday life, but I was very good at pretending like I was okay. But inside, I'm like, oh shit, this shit is tough. But I still went along with it. and, And how would you kind of pretend? What would you do to mask, pretend that you're okay? Smile laugh, oh my gosh, I smile my way throughout of every single situation. And what um, do you feel internally when you're putting on that facade? I feel like a fraud. And I feel like a fraud many a times, whether it's my mental health or my sexuality or being just gay and Indian and what it means to me. But I've really come to accept that it's perfectly fine to accept who I am and the way that I am. And how did you um, come along that journey I guess what I'm saying is, have you had any experiences of therapy as we know it? Oh, yes. So throughout my image diagnosis, I saw a psychologist for around four years. And I recently started seeing a psychologist again for one year or so. And I absolutely adore my psychologist. She has changed my life. And I think it's so important for everyone to go to therapy so we can just become better humans. Mm -hmm. Don't be a mean person. Come on, you can do better. Is there one thing that your therapist has said or anyone that you've come across that has just really resonated for you? Okay, so there's two things. The first thing is one thing that my psychologist said was that you can't control other people's actions, but you can control your reactions towards it, which I really try to resonate and live with that. While the second quote was given by the amazing Jordan. What? Exactly. It's a bit of a surprise. Oh, so he said something of value? Oh, I know. What a surprise. He told me a couple of years ago when I was seeing a person and this guy was kind of mean to me and I didn't know what to expect. He told me, man, if it's not a hell yes, it should be a hell no from you. And I still live with that mantra every single day, knowing my self-worth. I'm speechless. I can't believe that that meant so much to you. Honestly, it stuck with me and I have said that to so many of my friends and I take that as one of the best pieces of advice that I've ever heard. I'm genuinely touched. Do you, do you remember having that conversation? I do, actually. I've, I have given that advice to a few friends before and I guess I didn't know how meaningful it was to you. So, mm. But I, I stand by it. I, I think when you're in your early to mid-20s and... There's moments of accepting your sexuality and experiencing parts of the community that are so overwhelming and confronting, as we know. And I'm not wrapped up in all those intersections of culture and religion like you are. Then, yeah, there's a lot of, I don't know, material people, elements to pay attention to. And for me, when trying to find out what to focus on, if I didn't feel really strongly about something, then I would just say, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. So... It has its place. I'm glad that you know your self-worth and I'm very 
I'm very honored that I could be part of your journey on that. It's the best piece of advice that I ever had and it's guided me through my dating and my queer experiences. I, I hope you've had a good CV. I would <laughs> you haven't dated some assholes, or maybe if you had, you've said hell no to them pretty quickly. Look, some of my experiences, I haven't said hell no so quickly, but a lot of them, I walk straight out of it. There yeah. you go. Well, maybe I should be saying hell no to that date then if it wasn't a hell yes for me. Hey, I feel like maybe I haven't changed at all because that's essentially what I said, right? Well, I said I was going to yeet out of there. By the way, I <laughs> That learned, is the most white, I straight know. thing that you've ever said. Millennials say the word yeet. And oh, do they? Just, yeah, I've oh. just picked it up recently. <laughs> it means get the hell out of there. Ah. So, I mean, we had a laugh earlier. Man, you tick a lot of the diversity boxes. I mean, I, I've got the, the race side of things. Jordan's got the sexuality, but you've got both. You've got the mental health. I've got the mental health, Gabe and Brown. So come at me. What I wanted to ask about that, like to comprehend that you have all those factors that you have to deal with, where do you see yourself in the next five, ten years? In the next five to ten years, I see myself finishing my degree in speech pathology and being this amazing speech pathologist that is working with all sorts of clients and also being in a happy relationship. I do not know what that looks like, but the relationship should be accepting of my culture and my family and my religion and just running along and just having fun, going out to drinks, spending an obscene amount of money on food and just having fun. That sounds like a pretty good life. It is, isn't it? Like a piece, please. (laughs) (laughs) And... To sum up, and thank you again so much for being here. My pleasure. It's been an incredible hour of just listening to your stories. And yeah, I, I, I thank you so much. To be honest, it's been an incredible hour of listening to my own voice. So thank you for that. Oh my God, he sounds just like me, doesn't this he? This is a self-indulgent podcast. So <laughs> we got the right guest on. I love that. If you could summarize yourself, if, if we were to sell you to someone or if, if you... How much am I worth? I love that. We basically spent the hours saying, don't put yourself into categories. You can be everything. Now we're like, summarize yourself in three words or less. Literally. Oh, shit. This is hard. You're going to need therapy after Who this Who is Mahan? Who am I? I am a complicated individual with so many facets. I am kind. I am bitchy. Yet I am always there for anyone who needs me. I think if you, well, obviously you're going to have a, an amazing career in health. Mm. Speech pathology, males in particular, are very poorly represented. Oh, that we're like sort of a unicorn. It, absolutely. Yeah, on top of all the poorly represented <laughs> things that you represent already. I know, <laughs> the speech pathologist <laughs> male is another kicker on top of it. I know, I know. Very impressive deck of cards. You're, you're exactly. You're going to be able to relate to any of your clients. That's what I hope. I really hope that I can seek understanding within them and to just understand them better so I can become a better clinician and a better person. Well, Mahen, that was an absolute privilege to listen to and, and to be alongside you. I'm glad you had the privilege of listening to me and I'm very happy that you got to listen to my beautiful voice. Indeed. It was uh, very relaxing. Sounds like ASMR. I just dozed off for a little bit. That's beautiful. Just what I want, Jordan. (laughs) Well, thank you everyone for listening. As always, please subscribe, like, and leave us a review. We're looking forward to introducing more wonderful guests like Mahan over the next few weeks. So please stay tuned. Yeah, we're going to do Mahan again, just the chat GP version because we can't afford to have him. But hopefully we'll get just as much insight. So this is the part where we sign off. We've never really successfully done it. We say different things all the time. I'm going to say sayonara. 
I wish you well. Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> <laughs>